0: How are your levels? My I levels. Too am I am recording.
1: My uh, my blood sh- my blood sugar levels a little high, but my audio levels look pretty good here.
0: That's good. Well, you're you gonna have, have to mess those,
2: those up because we don't do good quality audio here. <laughs> yeah, oh,
1: I will. I will crank it through the roof on you. I'm using. I'm using a, I'm yeah, using pull, a fancy pull, studio mic here and everything. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sound so soothing and
0: professional compared to you guys. Pull yourself together, Dave Pratt from Speed Academy. Cut it out, man. You gotta well, get this, uh, well, You know. What, you know what you should do in order to be a little bit more like Slip Angle. You should fire up a loud diesel engine or <laughs> drop your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I have neither of those here, but I have two kids running around the house here, so uh, they. They could bust close in enough. my office at any time so yeah, yeah I expect close. it to go sideways pretty soon
0: um, so we got uh, we got a quick lunchtime show that we're recording with uh, yeah from Dave Pratt from speed Academy um, how long have you been from speed Academy when did you guys start it's been like what, uh, six years
1: it's been like five and a half years now I think yeah it might be six years come like middle of the summer this year so right yeah it feels like it's been a blink of an eye but it's been uh it's been grinding away at it for a while now it's uh, YouTube is it's not easy, man. You gotta you gotta keep producing <laughs> content and pray that people care enough to watch.
0: You guys, uh, you guys put out a lot of shows uh, or a lot of a lot of videos, and you uh, you've got a lot of followers. Um, seems like things have been growing since uh, we had you on the show. I think four years ago, yeah, uh, and it's, things have definitely grown like uh, four or fivefold since then. So, uh, are you still enjoying it? I am. Yeah, I am still enjoying
1: it. I think I think the first time we did the show. That was a a grid life. We were at like thirty thousand subs, and now we're at three ten or something. So, yeah, Yeah. we've we've grown, but you know, when we started this thing, I thought we'd hit a million subs in like three years, (laughs) and we're we're almost six years in, and we're we're you know still struggling to get to that half million number, but it's still a lot of subscribers. I have to remind myself that that's still a lot of people, and uh, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it's nice to have people want to watch anything we do because really we're just a couple of hacks in a in a shed up here in Canada doing what we love, but it's, it does um, seem like
0: you have a nice shed now, at least we do. We, we made a significant
1: <laughs> shed upgrade. We went from what was a chicken coop when we uh, first did that, that, uh, podcast with you back in the day. And now we're in a, like a 4,000 square foot shop. That's actually like in a proper building with heat and, you know, 220 volts and well, lots of good tools. So yeah, we've, uh, we've upgraded in a lot of areas, but, uh, We're still the same two idiots, so we still like do things wrong half the time and and cop to those mistakes as much as we can, which our viewers like. They seem to like mistakes. They like the honesty, I guess, of uh, making mistakes, because who doesn't make mistakes when they work on their car? I mean, I'm sure you guys can both tell me some stories about...
2: Speaking of that exactly, uh, (laughs) my uh, Subaru Knuckles came in the mail today, which means tonight I have some work to do. (laughs) <laughs> no, Abe, Abe
0: gets to hit himself with a hammer today. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> so uh, Dewey texted me uh, what yesterday, and he was like, "I'm I'm only partially through the way of your uh, ball joint episode, and that is exactly why Subaru specific shops can exist. Everything about <laughs> this car was designed poorly, and that's why you have a specialist who can service it."
0: Yeah, uh, Josh Carter from uh, Utah uh, messaged me, and he's like, "Tell Abe next time, just call me first. I'll tell him how to do it, and he won't wreck everything." <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, every everything is wrecked. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so uh, I think the uh, yeah. the thing I really need to focus on now is getting out the speed, the wheel speed sensors without breaking them. If I can oh, do no, that, you're, you're I think the rest those. is easy good luck yeah have, did you buy uh, new wheel speed sensors <laughs>
0: exactly yeah, man we uh, we
1: struggled with all of that stuff on our on our sti build that was a battle and a half and we have a, a subaru specialist just up the road from us and viado who i'm sure you guys know and
0: yeah, yeah they
1: bailed us out more than once but yeah those those are special cars man and, and special engines it's uh it's not like a honda you know like i'm like adam i grew up on uh old school honda stuff so Everything seems complicated to me compared to that. So, uh, but Subarus are pretty special that way. I'm uh, I love driving that car, but I'm not super keen to build another one if I'm if I'm
0: honest. They are they are hard to work on for some reason. They seem I mean they're well built, but they're just like different and sometimes they are just things are inaccessible and there's like 10 pounds of stuff in a 5 pound bag sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they're there's uh, but, they're... uh People love them, it, though, it, man.
1: I got to say, they have a super loyal following. and
0: Oh, it's unbelievable. It's crazy how how loyal the Subaru following is.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I, I kind of wonder because, you know, the Subaru guys I know that are super passionate about it, they think those cars are easy to work on and, oh, you know, Subarus are like Lego and you can, and I know you can like swap different parts around from different makes or different models, but still, it seems so much more complicated than the, uh, you know, the inline motors and, you know, the, the more sort of simplistic stuff I'm used to, the but hey, yeah,
0: you, you, uh, you grew up with, or you got, you got into cars like with, an, uh, it was EG stuff, right? Uh, 92, 95 Civic?
1: Yeah, exactly. That was really the first uh, serious build I did. I, I actually had a, a 99 Honda Prelude before that that I
0: okay. modified yeah. a
1: bit for autocrossing and time attack stuff. But it wasn't until I got the EG, probably right around like 99 or so, that uh, I got really serious and like caged the car and actually went and did some racing in it. And yeah, yeah I spent it, like a decade with that car. I love that thing.
0: Was that the car that uh, Luigi Montanez bought f- uh, afterwards? Did yeah, he exactly. That later?
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, he did buy that from me. When I uh, when I knocked my wife up, uh, it was up on jack stands in the garage, and I thought, you know, it's probably going to sit for a few years. Maybe I should just pass it on to somebody who's going to use it. And, uh, yeah, Luigi came and stole it out of my garage. It was pretty much a bare chassis when he got it, so right. he, he really just got like a caged rolling chassis, and uh, everything else I'd already sold off by then, so... Yeah, and he he rebuilt it and made it way nicer than I had ever had it at. And then of course he stuffed it in a ditch, uh, <laughs> winter driving it on race tires, and uh, that's that's yeah. why he has an Integra now.
0: And <laughs> now awful. yeah, now he's got an all-wheel drive Integra that uh, it, it's actually he seems like he's starting to get all the gremlins worked out. Uh, he does a lot of wrenching on this at the side of the track, but that car's getting fast. So.
1: It's going to be serious, yeah. man. I, I I'm hoping yeah. he gets that out a lot this year. Obviously, that'll depend on how this whole covid situation pans out but yeah i'm excited to see it and it's funny i was chatting with him the other day about it because i was like why why do this this seems like a lot of work and a lot of effort and like look how fast james and will are like you're not going to go faster than those guys with all-wheel drive why did you need to do this and he actually said well it's it'll help the transmission live because you're taking a lot of the strain out of the tranny it's not trying to put all the power down just to the front wheel suddenly you're spreading it out more And he can get better reliability out of the gearbox. He doesn't need to go to like a million dollar sequential or something. And I thought, okay, that that's actually a pretty good reason to do it. So, be interested to see if that really plays out that way or not. But there's been
0: some really fast drag car builds with uh, you know dog boxes and stuff like that, all wheel drive in the last few years. So there might be something to that. Maybe it is. uh... Maybe, maybe it is stronger. Who knows?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess and that's I don't know. And for sure. It's going to spread the load out on like drive shafts and things too, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to yeah. you're going to cut that tor- torque figure in four, not two anymore. So,
0: but you still got to have all the gears stay alive. So who knows? I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see how that all plays out because he's making pretty big power. I think he's in the 600 horsepower area. So yeah, yeah. you know, with a Honda though, that's still only 50 pound feet of torque, but still.
0: So uh, so your 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 channel um is known for making lots of things uh K series stuff like Luigi's car uh but uh but you put K series in all kinds of different things lately um and yeah. you've been playing you've been playing with stockish miatas you, what what uh, what's the project stable like for people that haven't listened or haven't watched your uh your videos lately
1: Yeah lately our sort of tune made two main projects have been uh we have an Evo 6 so it's a right hand yeah. drive Evo 6 uh imported from Japan by somebody, I think, originally in Alberta, and then it ended out in Nova Scotia, and now we have adopted it. It was uh, pretty rough. If you watch that series from the beginning, it's pretty beat up, but we stripped it down to a bare, bare chassis and have pretty much changed every nut and bolt. We like completely stripped the underside of it and undercoated it, and we've torn the engine down and rebuilt it now ourselves which was uh, kind of a first i built a d-series back in the day but that doesn't really count because anybody can build a d-series including adam
2: uh <laughs> barely <laughs> he's built a lot of them but they keep blowing up no
0: the d-series don't blow up so much it's uh it's it, it's uh it's the valves the valves inside the d-series that when they crack in half the things go bad real fast
2: what happened to the motor in your crx at blackhawk
0: uh, oh, that was uh, that was a great engine. I loved that engine. That was uh, an 11 to 1 with like a bigger cam. Uh, and then I swapped the distributor because the distributor died at the track. And um, I put the timing light on it. And I had swapped crank pulleys since I had dynoed things. And the timing marks on an ATI pulley versus factory pulley are different oh, uh, man. for some reason. And so I put it in the, uh, I put the distributor in. I put it at 16 degrees or whatever. And it turns out it was like advanced like 15 more degrees (laughs) versus like real timing. (laughs) And I promptly, I like, I did two laps and I was like, that thing smells weird. What's going on? And then kablammo. (laughs) That's amazing. That was, that was more of a, uh, more of a timing problem than an engine problem. That was. I dynoed the the car with an ATI pulley, and then the ATI pulley was too close to the radius rods, and I had never changed the timing again. Um, and so I put the factory pulley back on. I'm like, oh, that's that's better. And uh, and then change the distributor, and, and uh, yeah, that was the reason. <laughs> so,
1: All of the advance yeah. will do that. Yeah, yeah I lots never. Of advanced, uh, so. I don't think I ever killed. Oh, actually, I shouldn't say that. I did kill one D series, and it was uh, it wasn't even a track incident. I was driving the car home from the racetrack. Because people used to do that. I mean, I'm, you guys probably still do. I didn't have a tow vehicle, so I just, like, drove it to the track, beat it on it all weekend, and drove it home. And on the way home, I suddenly noticed that the water temp was, like, pegged. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and so I pulled over to the side of the road, and uh, sure enough that the... It was just a stock radiator at the time, and the plastic end cap had cracked. And uh, she overheated real bad and uh, warped the head. So I had to uh, get it towed home from there, but... I think I actually wrecked it while I was changing tires at the end of the day at the track. It sort of, uh, I jacked it up from the front cross member. Oh, no. <laughs> and it like pushed the rad up and you know, cracked the top cap along like the top rad support. Yeah. You know, so. David, I used use to f- have
2: a tow member. vehicle that was pretty awesome. Um, but some French Canadians stole it from me. Really? Yeah. Oh, they're not, they're, they're known
1: for that. They They like to borrow things
2: yeah
0: they're not giving it back though like they're not giving that jeep back from abe it's just that jeep.
1: <laughs> they, they end up on a in a container and then they go to like dubai or something I, I don't know where they go but
0: somebody's getting some good miles per gallon somewhere
1: yeah yeah montreal is uh is known for shipping things overseas so i apologize I, as a proper canadian i should say sorry for for what's happening sorry so, sorry i didn't steal your jeep but sorry anyway yeah.
0: Well, he got, he got an RV, which is a whole nother can of worms out of it.
2: But, uh,
1: oh man, you got sucked into the RV wormhole too. I am uh, V10,
2: officially yeah. a motorhomey. Oh my yeah.
1: God. You guys in your motorhomes, it's like next level.
2: Yeah. You just need a Tundra and an
1: open deck trailer, man. It's, it's quick and easy.
2: If you're not motorhoming, you're not going to the track enough, David. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Or he lives too
0: close to the track. He lives too close to have all the hassles of a motorhome. It's true. I'm
1: like half an hour from my track.
2: tracks are within like an hour from where you live?
1: Uh, well, TMP is like, uh, 25 minutes from my doorstep here, which is pretty handy. Uh, we go there. That's where we do all of our testing pretty much for, for the, for our, our YouTube thing. And, uh, like most sport or Canadian tire motorsports park it's called these days is about an hour and a half from my place. And then Shannonville is maybe two hours. Um, that's probably the three closest road courses. There's another one actually towards London, Ontario, which is probably only two hours away called Grand Bend. So yeah, we got lots of tracks up here. We do like our, yeah, our motorsport, amount,
2: man. I'm, I'm curious because, you know, I've never done a track day in Canada. Uh, like for, for doing events, uh, if you're hosting an event, is, is renting a track particularly expensive? Or if you're like, if you're going to someone else's, uh, HPDE, you know, how much in Canadian dollars is a track day event? Yeah.
1: Like an open lapping day at TMP would be $180 Canadian. So, I mean, these days that's really cheap. That's like, I don't know, a hundred bucks American.
0: That's cheap.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Our dollar's tanking pretty hard right now. You guys could, could have a field day up here um but you know if you go to one of the big boy tracks like most port is kind of like our road atlanta or our vir it's a big high speed track and it's a lapping day there typically costs between 300 and 500 depending on who's hosting and if they have a lunch or if they give instruction and that kind of stuff but you know again that's like what two to three hundred dollars us sort of range so so for the
2: weekend it's five or six hundred dollars
1: exactly yeah and usually if you buy like a you know, a two or three day package, they discounted a bit. So it's, um, I think it's more or less in line with what you guys pay, but it's, uh, you know, it varies again, depending on the organization and if it's got instruction and, you know, umbrella girls and that kind of stuff.
0: (laughs) Umbrella girls. I I mean, we, we, we see, uh, weekdays and like, uh, track ran, uh, events. Like if they're just doing an open lapping day, it's a pretty, pretty similar range, hundred to $200 a day, you know, at the smaller tracks. So.
1: Yeah, and, and renting the tracks up here are probably comparable too. Like I think a a, day, a weekend day rental at TMPs, I think around five grand, and then you know most port would probably be more like fifteen to twenty, some more in that range. I, I haven't I haven't looked that closely at it recently because it's so far out of my right. snack bracket. I, I I don't need to know, but <laughs> it hasn't got any cheaper because they did a bunch of renos and they have new owners there, including uh, world famous Canadian racing driver Ron Fellows. He's one of the owners there now, so. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're we're classing the joint up, but it ain't getting cheaper.
0: That uh, that is cool that you have so many tracks local to your uh, to your area. I mean, I've only got a couple of tracks within two hours. Uh, even Blackhawk, which is like the north side of Chicago, like it takes mm-hmm. me more than two hours to get there. So, is um, that a traffic not-
1: thing more than a distance thing or?
0: No, it's, it's even, even if there's no traffic, it's not too, it's just not all that it's actually Chicago's just huge. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like 45 minutes from the North side and I'm like an hour from the, from the North side. And then there's no straight way to get there from here, that kind of thing.
1: But yeah, no, we're um, pretty spoiled. I mean, TMP is, is, is a great facility for us too, because it's, um, there's, they're really relaxed there. The owner's a friend of ours and the track manager's super cool. So they, they really give us the run of the place, which is great for shooting video. If, you know, if we need to sneak, in there after hours or on their closed day they're usually closed on tuesdays to like mow the lawn and do maintenance but they'll let us sneak in there on tuesdays so they've been um, a really great supporter of what we do and it's it's just a really nice safe track with tons of runoff area there's it's really hard to hurt a car there so it's kind of perfect for the kind of goofing around that we do and it's a great place for like newbies to go and learn how to drive on track and you know maybe get a little bit of um encouragement from people in the paddock it's just a really like low-key low-stress environment you don't get a lot of uh high rollers there because it's not the big boy track the way most sport is so you don't get a lot of like you know intimidating people showing up with intimidating cars it's it's a really you know i think a beginner friendly place put it that way
0: yeah, it seems like kind of a very Gingerman-esque uh, open mm-hmm. flat. You go off track, you just drive in the mud a little bit and get back on.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's just the wall along the front straight like you have a Gingerman too. So, And that's the one right. place you don't really want to get too crazy. But other than that, it's it's great for drifting or just you know learning or trying different setups because you know you're not going to hurt yourself or the car there.
0: Right uh so you uh you do a lot of testing there um what uh like what what kind of car is your most favorite to drive at that track that's that seems like it's kind of like a mid power uh like yeah, not not crazy power needed but uh mm-hmm. um, yeah what uh what's what's a good car for t m p
1: yeah yeah it's it is sort of a tight technical track especially the back half of it's really tight and technical and it's got yeah. like two straightaways uh along the front which are reasonably long but not like crazy long. So it's it's not really a power track per se, but um, I mean, you really need a car that handles well, changes directions well there because the back half of the track is so technical. There's a lot of like left, right transitions. So yeah. like if you want a really nice car for that track, that's close to stock or stock, even something like a Toyota GT86 or 86, I guess, as they call them these days, uh, is a great car there because they are you know, they're not so powerful that you're going to get yourself in a bunch of trouble. They're super fun to chuck in the corners. You know, you can, you can let them slide and they're very trustworthy. They, they help you build confidence at the limit, I think. So, and they change directions really willingly. So you're not constantly fighting understeer where, you know, with a, you know, your typical front wheel drive car struggles a bit more with understeer there and you have to do some things with setup to really try to get it to rotate. So, um, I think something like that's a great place to start, but As far as like the most fun stuff I've tried, like I've tried so many different cars there. I've probably driven, I don't know, two or three hundred different cars at that track over the years.
0: (laughs) Holy cow. Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I used to do a lot of testing of press cars there for auto guide. And now that we do like our track test videos there all summer, I probably try like 50 cars a summer there. So, yeah, it's a big number. And, you know, probably the best car I've ever driven there would be Sasha's uh, 350Z from On Point Dyno. Yeah. Uh, you guys know that car because he's been out to grid life once or twice with it and uh that thing is pretty amazing i mean
0: it's so gnarly <laughs> oh
1: man all motor vq it now makes like over 500 all motor and it's got a sequential gearbox in it it's set up just i mean it's a true pro race car and sasha is a pro race car tuner so you get in that thing and it just feels like it's on rails it's when i tested it it was on like old pirellis but it still felt like it had more grip than was humanly possible and I just like barely scratched the potential of that car and I was already doing like I think one thirteens around there, which is pretty damn fast. Like you know like a nine eleven GT three RS on Slicks would probably be in about that range too. So, you know, it tells you how capable that car is. It's it's yeah. pretty pretty damn special. I've driven the K Swift cool there a bunch too. Like that's another car you guys would know pretty well. And
0: yeah. it, yeah. it is a
1: full on death trap. It, it is the scariest car I've probably ever driven because it's it's so high strung it's such a short wheelbase it's so stiff you're it's you're getting just absolutely pounded in the car you feel like after three laps you've kind of like been in the ring with Mike Tyson at his prime it's 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 (laughs) it it is a violent experience but also like really amazing to drive that thing at the limit because it requires every ounce of your energy and focus and it's uh it's really rewarding to get a decent lap time out of it because you feel like you just did something kind of superhuman and I could have done like 114s, maybe maybe high one thirteens in that car. Um, and it's got more time in it if you just, you know, could spend a bunch of time getting familiar with it, but it's just so quirky. It's like it's like nothing else. you'd think it might feel like an EG or something, but it really doesn't. Yeah. It's 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 a whole it's, other kind of it's animal. It's
0: probably even with the wide body, it's probably narrower. And is it shorter than a Miata wheelbase wise?
1: It's gotta be. Man, it's gotta be. Yeah, it's, it's it's so, so tiny. small. Yeah, uh, it, yeah it's,
0: he, they've been, uh, Andrew and Kevin have had that thing at uh, Midwest Festival, and we've seen them at Speed Ring, mm-hmm. I think maybe somewhere else. But it, the car is so cool. It's so well built, too. Oh, yeah, it's
1: awesome, Very man. Very cool car. But. Yeah, Kevin, the owner is, uh, he now works actually for AIM Autosport up here in Toronto, who run a uh, IMSA race team for Toyota. They run those right, Lexus right. Uh, RCFs in the IMSA series. So Kev is like, you know, working at the pro race level, too. And it, I think it shows with that car because he really does have a lot of attention to detail with it and, you know, prides himself in it presenting really well. It's 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 a badass machine.
2: So um, Did you, Kevin or not Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Ke- excuse me. Yeah. Kevin was on the show with James and Chris, who just recently started up Time with Attackers again. OK. And, uh, he was just on the show that was released yesterday, actually. Oh, so, I didn't know that. OK. Case was with Kevin top or Andrew? Mind. Which one? Which, which uh, one it was, was Kevin. It?
0: Okay.
2: Cool.
1: Yeah. They're, nice yeah. Guys. I, I like they're those super days. guys. Yeah. They're they're great yeah. guys. Andrew's a wild man. Uh, he's one of the few people brave enough to drive that car. And Kevin does do some driving in it too. And actually, he gets some good lap times out of it. But he's I don't think he's ever been quite confident enough to drive it in the main event at, at a you know at a big time attack event like like one of yours. But uh, hopefully he hopefully he gets there because uh, he's put so many hours into that car. You kind of want him to drive it. But I think yeah, he's also mask. he's kind of a builder. Like some guys are builders and some guys are drivers. Right. And right. I think he enjoys the build, both,
0: but, uh, yeah, last year, uh, we saw the car a bunch, um, and it's supercharged now, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah
1: it's got a Rotrex, uh, it's got yeah. James Houghton's old, uh, uh, supercharger setup on it from Jackson racing. Oh, cool. D- yeah, did so you it's...
0: drive it when it was uh, supercharged? Or... I,
1: I did. And, and honestly, <laughs> like I had to take a break after a couple of laps and just sit there and let my heart rate come down and kind of like it. recalibrate my brain because everything was happening so fast. I couldn't keep up and I and it was like I don't know if I can drive this thing so I had to like literally give myself a timeout and kind of get my shit together because it was that intimidating and that hard to drive but uh Kevin had a good laugh about it and he told me Andrew had to do the exact same thing because it really does like it's mind-bendingly fast experience it it really is you just don't think it's possible to tame it so you have to kind of like man up and, and try little by little to to seek the the edge of yeah. adhesion in a way that doesn't make you feel like your life's about to end, but the, y- the you, you do car that get that I've used ever to it.
0: driven is is uh, similar to that it was a, super, a turbocharged k swap uh, mm-hmm. prelude the old uh have you seen the uh the the tan uh, hasport prelude uh the, oh yeah, I love uh, that car yeah 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 it's it's one of my favorite yeah or one of my favorite Honda builds ever um and uh Brian took it up to a Honda meet last year uh and he was like. I don't want to drive it. Do you want to drive it? And I was like, yeah, I love that car. And it was, yeah, it, like you said, it's like you, a couple laps in, and you're like, This is there's too many inputs right now. I got, I have to, you know, it's too much. I need to take a cool-down lap, even though it's barely up to temp. <laughs> it's a, yeah, brain, it's mind-bending a little bit. Um, it probably takes some getting used to to drive cars like that, you know. I, yeah, and, I don't know how, like, Will and James them, do it. Yeah, yeah and, and Will and James come out uh, swinging, like, lap two you know i know like i know the fastest lap of the weekend is like their fifth lap ever in thirds in session three you know uh, i guess you just uh,
1: build familiarity like you do it enough times and it feels normal i, I assume that's how it must be but i, I yeah. don't know yet because i just don't i don't get enough seat time in those kinds of cars to relate to that feeling but it is wild what those guys do that they go in and go that fast right off the bat in cars that are yeah, just like well, shockingly especially fast. when we
2: talk about um, going to tracks that we've never been to and it's right. just like oh yeah you just get in and you, you, obviously you know there's still more available because the potentials of those cars is so high but like mm-hmm. to go out and and set a production car based record for a track like Road America just just on the first time you've ever been there is like insane
1: it is insane it, like what he did at scuba too was pretty wild like i don't think anyone outside of japan has ever shown up and like just set a record right off the bat the way will did in that car so i i wouldn't have believed it was it was possible until he did it so i've been saying that about will for years though like every time he goes and does something i'm like nah that's not possible and then he does it so props to that guy man he is relentless uh as is james and his whole crew so man those guys go hard and they've been going hard for what's it been like a decade of this
0: now like yeah like at least five six years uh at at like at this level like yeah. in like a decade of like uh pretty close to this level <laughs> yeah
1: the commitment to do that for a year or yeah. two is hard to imagine but to do it as long as they have i don't know how yeah, they do no it
0: thanks no thanks
1: <laughs> they must have the most understanding wives in the business i mean i know will will's wife is very involved in the program and, and she's really a v- integral part of that team i don't know how james wife feel about it but uh you'll have to ask him i guess
0: <laughs> yeah uh, I think there might be a reason that he uh, didn't want to keep going. He wanted to sell the program and just mm-hmm. be a driver because it, it takes a toll on you, man. It takes a toll on everything. I mean, no I, doubt, yeah. Building, building like GLTC cars, which are like stock engines and like easy. And mm-hmm. it's too much for me. I can't keep doing it. You know, like it's all too much. You got to you got to take a breather from here and there. I, I, you, I, speaking of building uh, cars all the time, you know, is like it's just wears you out.
1: <laughs> it does. Yeah. Welcome to my life. If yeah, I'm, not, yeah. if I'm not building cars. I'm uh, trying to break them at the track, and I mean, good for James for for finding a bit bit of balance in his life. He's got, I think, two young kids now, so I'm sure there's a lot
0: well, lot of demands. A bit there. of balance, but now he has three race cars to drive, and uh, at least at least the easier one to own is his. But he's got to drive three of them instead of just one now. Oh, the
1: poor guy, my heart beats <laughs> for him. That, <laughs> what a, uh, oh, so what hard. a rough day. <laughs> that TSX is so cool, though, isn't it? I love the way they oh, built it that. Turned out
0: so well, so it, well.
1: It, uh, it looks almost like a, I don't know, like a NASCAR version of a touring car somehow. There's, I don't know. There's right. just something very cool about it. I, I love it.
0: It has it has cool vibes in person too. That crew, they they did a good job building that car. That you can tell that they poured their their heart and soul into like something, and they did it like twenty hours a day for a month. And it's just got a lot of presence to it, and it's mm-hmm. a really cool build. Really cool build.
1: So. I, I enjoyed his strategy at uh, at COTA too to kind of like run the street tires run like a low downforce high horsepower low grip setup and obviously it paid off for him but uh it'll be you know after that event i was like wow that's there's a lot going on with this series because you can change your setup from event to event like what's to say he doesn't show up at the next event on hoosiers with downforce but less power like that's opens up a lot of creative opportunities for guys to like customize their setup for what they think is going to work at the next track, and
0: yeah, I think it's going to be really, really tr- case by case, track by track dependent too. Uh, like there, there's definitely like a best GLTC car for like every track, and it's just mm-hmm. a matter of fi- of finding that car, you know. And James is yeah. crazy
1: enough to like go to the nth degree for setup for each of those tracks. It's going to be interesting <laughs> to see how how many other guys are willing to match his level of madness, you know.
0: Yeah, there's uh, there's some there's some monsters driving in that series too. Like you got to be you you cannot be a slouch. Like I'm, I'm hoping for mid pack finishes, you know. So,
1: my uh, my nine year old son has just wandered in my office here af- asking if we can go to African Lion Safari and see Watusi cows. So uh, just That's thought you guys should know that. That's a good
2: idea. I'm into that. <laughs> there's
0: no no viruses there, right? No, no big deal. You never have to worry about getting sick in Africa. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I guess the tigers have the virus now too, so that's a problem. Yeah, that's true. Every
0: every tiger that I've petted recently, like I haven't caught it, so you know it's. Uh,
1: You've been spending some ti- some time watching Tiger King, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. Me and me and my buddy Joe, it's been you know. uh, he, uh he, Guess he, what, he's a, motherfucker? He's Moving to Oklahoma, are right? Yeah. All right. I see how it is. Yeah, he's an inspiration. In he is.
1: He. <laughs> wow, that is that that series is. Uh, mildly disturbing is that fair to
0: uh-huh. say uh, i've never watched something and then like every 30 seconds or 3 minutes or 2 minutes you're like no freaking way <laughs> i know <laughs> how is there's how them. is any of this
1: legal it's it's insane yeah.
0: and why are these people so dumb and crazy at the same time but yet they seem to be able to spend a million dollars fighting each other in court like
1: i didn't know there were that many people in america with with that many missing teeth like uh, I there's know. a I know. Oklahoma doesn't have uh, dentists? What's going on down there?
0: Dentistry well, you don't is have meth in Canada? Man. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it's true. Maybe it's a meth thing. We're, uh, we're all coke heads up here, I think. The meth never caught on.
2: <laughs> all right, the, uh, uh, guys. We're about 30 minutes in. I think it's about time to take a commercial break. All right. Oh, man. We're going
0: to blame that on Carol
2: Baskin. We want to give a big shout-out to Johnny and all the crew at Nine Lives Racing. They started with aluminum wings for chassis-specific and custom fitments. They've now got a huge catalog of products, including carbon wangs, for just about all the hottest track cars. They're made in the USA, and they're probably the best bang for the buck arrow company in the market today. So visit 9livesracing.com and find your perfect wang. Slip Angle is supported by FCP Euro at com. Purchases over $49 are offered free shipping with a lifetime replacement guarantee and hassle-free returns. FCP Euro really does offer lifetime replacement guarantees on everything they sell. Brakes, suspension parts, filters, gaskets, seals, injectors, even engine oil. That means that any of you drivers with junky race cars, if you buy FCP Euro parts and you crash on the racetrack and you break your control arms, you can mail them right back. So make sure you head on over to fcpuro.com and support companies that support the Slip Angle Podcast. We want to give a big shout out to Andrew Rains and all of the team at Apex Pro for their continued data partnership with the Slip Angle Podcast. Head on over to Tracktune.com/slipangle to get a package deal. This includes the Apex Pro data unit, a free suction mount, and also a one-hour data review session with Mr. Andrew Rains himself. All for four hundred and forty-nine dollars. So go to Tracktune.com/slipangle and make sure to check it out hey david do you have anybody you, uh, you guys want to plug
1: uh like as an advertiser yeah sure yeah uh let's see turn 14 is one of our major uh, sponsors at speed academy they uh help us do what we do they're, they're like the, the primary sponsor on our website and they sponsor a lot of our builds and i'm sure as you guys know they are one of the biggest uh wholesalers of performance parts in Mar- in america and well in north america too since i'm hiding up here in canada and yeah. uh yeah, if you have a speed shop and you need parts, uh, sign up with Turn Fourteen. They take good care of you. Sick.
2: <laughs> all right, back to it. So, give us uh, a topic, we, Adam. Yeah, we're still <laughs>
0: uh, we're still in our lunch break here. Well, about half an hour, and we got some more time. I, we all got to eat sandwiches before we go back to work, right? Because everybody's working diligently from home, correct? Oh correct. man, I'm
1: putting in at least thirty minutes a day here. <laughs> <laughs> It's grueling.
0: I, I actually am currently working from home today. I'm fixing my truck in my driveway, so I'm sitting in the truck right now, using it for USB power and as a studio. You might hear some birds in the background because the sun came out and it's hot. So I rolled the windows down. But um, oh, yeah, how I'm hot wiring. is it there?
1: I'm feeling jealous uh, now.
0: It's it's like seventy seventy five right now. It's beautiful. Oh wow,
1: that's so, amazing. Yeah, uh,
0: and that's Fahrenheit, not Celsius. I'm not uh, uh, a life. Yeah,
1: I I did the math there. No, it, it's uh, man, it's a lot cooler up here, but. Uh, what can no, I say? It's pretty
0: nice today, um, but uh, yeah. Uh, so the, the the most recent Speed Academy videos that I have, uh, dil- I go in like spurts. Where like if I'm working in the shop for a day, I'll just like put them on and listen to them, and then I'm like, oh, what are they talking? I gotta like pull the phone out and look at it. Um, but I I really I, I was following your uh, your K Swap uh, uh, S chassis mm-hmm. closely. Um, what uh, what uh, what was the build like on that thing? That's uh, one of the first ones, correct? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess it was one of the first ones that actually like, you know, wasn't uh, built for the internet. It didn't have digital uh, drive shafts and Bluetooth harnesses. It it, it runs and drives and uh, actually it worked really well out of the box. It wasn't the easiest swap in the world. Like we had to notch the subframe and build a custom oil pan for it to clear the subframe even after we notched it. Um, so, you know, there were some challenges to fitting it in there. But, you know, beyond that, it, it's all the usual stuff as far as, you know, wiring and but yeah. we, we, being a K-Series, there's harnesses for it from K-Tuned and, you know, we ran a Honda in it. it. It's all the usual K-Swap stuff just turned sideways. And uh, we used some K-Miata stuff on it because he's figured out a lot of tricks from from what he's been doing with the Miata guys. So um, not, you know, it wasn't a super difficult swap, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like putting a B-Series in an EG either. It, it required some, f- some fabrication efforts, but uh, what runs... Remarkably well, I think right out of the box, it did like a 120 flat around TMP um, on a totally untested setup, which shows a lot of promise like that's uh, within a second of the best lap time I ever did in our S2000, which was a pretty highly tuned S2000 suspension and chassis wise, but it was still basically stock power. Hold Um,
2: on, is that... Is that Project Ass 2000? Yes, exactly. Is, I really just want to give you credit for being so clever with a name.
1: Well, <laughs> we, we tried to, you know, we to give it a little flavor. And it evolved into the badass 2000 when it went from being a complete pile of shit to being actually a pretty nice car. So we, we tried to evolve its name with it. And uh, we actually sold that car to a friend down in uh, the Atlanta area. So he's now yeah. ripping around down there, Jacob. Uh, and he, of course, was looking forward to grid life. At Road Atlanta until until that whole thing uh, got the plug pulled on it. So he's now talking about maybe coming up to Midwest or or whatever yeah, th- event is. I think it.
0: he's a I think he's a podcast listener because I think he comments on a lot of our stuff. But
1: uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I know he's a fan of the yeah. series, so I'm I'm pretty sure he does listen. And uh, yeah, I, super I, cool I, guy.
0: I, I wish we could keep going to Atlanta, but it's just a hard place to do an event in August. You know what I mean? People, yeah. Uh, like trackside that event was amazing like it was so good trackside like, they always sold out huge drift fields um and i i loved that event it was just uh it's a very expensive track to operate at it's just mm-hmm. really expensive and uh, yeah everything i mean you gotta you gotta be able to pay the bills too so no no doubt yeah, yeah. i I, but, yeah. I can
1: sympathize that it's a big boy track i'm sure it comes with a big what price a tag rad and...
0: track it's such a cool like what a beautiful strip of asphalt just so in- good
1: it's, it's incredible fun. yeah it's got to be in like yeah. the top three tracks in america it's it's pretty epic and yeah, I've I've driven it a couple times, but um, been a long time now. And I wish I could, every year we're like, oh, we, can we get down to, you know, your event? And it just never seems to happen. It's such a it's a long haul for us. And when we're building oh, yeah. as many cars as we are and cranking out as many videos as we are, it's it's tough to get away on the weekends. And Pete now has a new baby and I've got two young kids here, too. So sadly, it kind of, you know, cramps our style as far as getting out to events the last few years. But uh, hoping to get out to some of your events this year
0: what uh, uh as far what else are you guys uh currently working on uh, you've got the evo uh,
1: oh yeah the other one, the one is our easy. uh two j we've swapped a two j into an e forty six m three so that is uh running and driving now we just dyno tuned so it cool. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago with uh, sasha although we we had some over boosting issues that turned into under boosting issues on the dyno it was it was a really weird scenario but it turns out uh, Pete may have plumbed the wastegate incorrectly, so uh, we, we got back to the shop and got that sorted out, and it's running great now, but we don't have a final dyno figure on it yet because we, we haven't been back, but it'll probably make uh six fifty at the wheel, somewhere in that neighborhood, Yeah, and uh, even just testing it on the street at wastegate pressure, which is like 14 pounds, it is insanely fast. It just lights the tires up like you wouldn't believe, so yeah, it's going to be... A really cool car when it's done and it, it we used really top shelf parts on that build it has got like jrz coilovers, StopTech stop tech big brake kits uh forge line wheels uh yeah, we it's, really, it's really went cool. went all out it's on cool. that thing it's it's a pretty badass build so it was kind of unplanned to be honest we we bought that m3 like at least three or four years ago i think i bought it shortly after we bought the ass 2000 because it was it popped up on our version of craigslist up here called kijiji for, I think it was like five grand. It was like the cheapest E46 M3 I'd ever seen. It was super high mileage. It was like over 300,000 kilometers. It had every check engine light imaginable, but to buy that, ch- that chassis that cheap without any rust on it, we were like, you know what, let's just grab this thing and we're going to use it for something eventually. So it had been sitting around for years and years and we finally thought, you know what, let's do something with this. So we had just built an E46 M3 Cabriolet as a drift car and we, we kind of reconditioned that as the S54 motor and that thing. So we're like, you know, we don't want to do another S54 build. What can we put in this M3 instead? And Pete is a hoarder and had a couple of two J's on the shelf. And we thought it's time to, to dust one of these guys off. So, uh, <laughs> big, big swap, man, that, that swap is, I think quite a bit more involved than the, the, the K series into the S14. It, yeah. uh, it's been fully integrated into the, into the CAN system in, in the M three, thanks to uh, Mark Panic at PanicWire, who's out in the uh, Oregon area. That he, seems
0: really impossible.
1: Oh my God! I think I think we're the only people in the world that have a fully integrated standalone ECU that works with the CAN system in the M three and allows everything to function normally on the dash. It, it's Jeez. it's like OE inside, but we're running a link standalone ECU. And Mark must have put hundreds of hours into going through all of the wiring he actually built his own board and soldered on stuff like he, he did next level stuff to, to make this work uh, oh all God. i can say is the guy is a legend and i don't think he'll ever do it again because it took so much time and effort but if you called him and asked him nicely he might do it again if your your wallet was fat enough but <laughs> man it, it's a huge undertaking normally guys who swap 2j's into those cars just give up on the dash and they just you know put a race dash in it or whatever right but, yeah, you just uh, plug
0: in. Uh, you do a standalone, and you run two wires to the can on that, and you got a race pack or a Tech dash or whatever.
1: Exactly, uh, and, yeah. and and a lot of places that could even be street legal. But up here, I don't think it would have been. So we wanted to try to integrate the can, and uh, and Mark was crazy enough to to take on that challenge. So that uh, wild, yeah, with the, yeah, with it's a pretty awesome. ECU too, holy yeah. cow, yeah, yeah, it's pretty incredible. There's a couple of episodes uh, if you're curious about it in that series where we actually have Mark on like team viewer, uh, remotely controlling the link and setting it all up. And we go through a lot of the like, uh, diagnosis of a couple of wiring issues we had. And he, he kind of like explains a lot of the can integration that he did in those episodes. So if you're curious about it, go check it out. It's, it's, yeah,
0: I'm, I'm going to have to wake up at 5.00 AM with my little kid tomorrow and kill a couple hours before work. That's uh, that's cool. I haven't seen that one. Uh, yeah, it's, I, go, I, it's pretty I don't wild. watch a lot of YouTube. I go in spurts with it where it's like, uh, like I watched all the uh, the what's what's the dudes in in England building the oh uh, bad
1: obsession yeah they're awesome with obs- that
0: I watched like all of them on one Sunday and my wife's mm. like what are you doing <laughs> 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 you're not fifteen don't watch YouTube <laughs> I'm like there's some cool stuff on YouTube babe <laughs>
1: oh man that build is one of the coolest builds much. in the world it's, I love it it's, it's wild just
0: too much <laughs>
1: it, it's been going on for like five or six years now and they're they're really close yeah. now I think it's just getting painted. So they're almost done, but yeah, they built every bracket on that car. It's, it's, it's unlike anything else.
0: Like they built them twice. Like everything has been like thought and rethought and they're, they're really stuffing a lot of chat, a lot of car under that tiny chassis. It's
1: insane that they could even fit all that. Like it's an all wheel drive original mini with a Celica turbo motor in it. It's, or sorry, Celica turbo motor in it. It's a yeah, it's it's next level stuff. Actually, did just guys to go.
0: Canada say Celica too.
1: Uh, we say Celica. Yeah, everyone says Celica uh, except Americans say Celica. And
0: well, yeah, uh, we we don't. I don't know why. I don't know why we say so many things wrong. But it's, <laughs> it's well, you, it's, you know what? You don't you don't say it wrong
1: though. Like if you go back to the origins of that car, in Japan they say Celica, but it's almost like a hybrid between Celica and Celica. The way they say it. And when that car first came out in America, the ads on TV said Celica, but the ads in Canada and everywhere else in the world said Celica. So you guys were were fed a pronunciation different than everywhere else, okay. That and, makes and, sense. and that's makes not your fault. Though. It's just like somebody in America made that decision, or maybe somebody in Japan made that just decision. Dastardization
2: in general, right? It, it,
1: it's it's a weird thing that they kind of split it that way. But it's uh, yeah, it's nobody's fault. We can all be friends. We'll
0: blame Toyota. Yeah, we'll blame Toyota North America for all of... We can blame that like all the other things on them too. Probably nobody. Does
1: uh, I, I think it, it it probably does go back to that. But you know what? There's a weird story with toyota historically in america where when they first started selling toyotas in america it wasn't done through corporate japan it was done basically through small uh, networks of dealers or individual dealers and so there was no there was no corporate toyota in 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 america when they so first like started Ferrari selling cars in here 50s
0: like so yeah just starts bringing them in huh
1: exactly so regions were like in control of the brand image here And it wasn't controlled at all by Japan. And then when Japan finally decided to set up here, they kind of like bought out those regions so they could take control of it. But Southeast region is still controlled separately here and actually make some of their own products that they sell as Toyota products, even though it's not really made by Toyota. So there's a really weird, complicated history there. That probably somehow explains why the word is pronounced Celica instead of Celica. <laughs> Some dealer in California was like, "That's a, not a Celica, that's a Celica," and that's yeah, how it all went it down.
0: <laughs> it's
1: in any case, I have a 1977 Celica that I'm building myself, also yeah. on our YouTube channel. It has a beams three SGE swap in it, and
0: I love that car. That is so cool. Uh,
1: it's it's my baby. I, I'm getting close to getting it painted now too, so she'll be done. In fact, I might bring it out to one of your events later in the year if it's really running well. And uh, every time I post a video on that car, the the comments fill up with people, you know, commenting that I'm saying it wrong or I'm saying it right. And there's this whole war over uh, pronunciation. That's so that's why I'm a a world expert on how to pronounce the word Salika or Celica. That, that
0: makes some sense. That makes sense. Why you know that? But uh, yeah, I know. I noticed in a lot of your a lot of your other videos, people are like. When's the Celica going to be done Yeah, <laughs> like in the comments? Yeah. yeah, It has, it has a very passionate group of
1: followers. And it's not, yeah, it doesn't are, get the most views, but it has the most passionate followers for sure. Those
0: are beautiful chassis. Like that is such a cool looking car.
1: I've, I've fantasized about turning it into a grid life touring car, if I'm honest, because I think it'd be pretty we, rad to see that car out there.
0: In the rules committee, we like uh, Mike Taylor. He's kind of kind of obsessed with those old Toyotas too, and he really wants to build one, uh, like with a K24 in it. Uh, he talks about it probably every other day, and he also talks about like those round MX3 uh, Mazda things, the front wheel drive. Miata oh, the motor Presidious. Thing. yeah, yeah, those are cool uh, too. Yeah. He talks about a lot of, a lot of things, uh, but, uh, yeah, maybe someday he's going to build one of them pretty Toyotas from the seventies,
1: but Jackie, uh, Jackie Ding and I have sort of talked a little bit about building his 86 as a grid life touring car that we would like share. So, yeah. uh, that's yeah. sort of a, a, an ongoing fantasy around here. Jackie though, will probably do it. And then maybe I'll just rent it from him one weekend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he messaged me about six months ago and he said, uh, do you have time to build this? Can you build this for me? And I was like, no, I absolutely have no time to learn how to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think he was kind of hoping we would build it as a project up here, but, uh, yeah. we've got yeah. so many projects already. It's kind of too much for us, but, uh, maybe yeah, Mikey imagine. will build it for him. I, I, he'll find somebody. Jackie's a resourceful dude.
0: Yeah. They just got their new shop. Uh, I think they, I think he brought it down to the new shop. So the
1: new yeah, shop I just saw that.
0: actually, that's like our local Chicago dino too. Um, so it, uh, that's where Mikey's have worked out of for a long time, but yeah, they, they're doing, uh, they're setting up, uh, setting up a little business there for themselves.
1: Yeah. They're getting pretty serious about it, aren't they? It's, it's cool to yeah.
0: see. But hopefully, hopefully somebody can build that A 86 into something cool. So it
1: just, all it needs yeah. is a, uh, uh
0: one of those cool N2 wide body like kits red, and, uh, throw a
1: K motor in, in there and you're good often. to
0: go. So.
2: Yeah, I think we lost Adam. I think we did lose it's Adam. Fine, I was we, gonna don't, say. we don't need him. We
1: don't, he was he was talking too much anyway. Let's let's. Standard
2: uh, practice is if uh, if someone drops the call, you don't stop recording for any reason ever. So he's still <laughs> recording on his end.
0: Uh oh, I lost you. Now I'm back. You're back. What what happened? Uh, uh, I don't know. The internet here. I'm at the end of the line, and uh, somebody down the way probably turned on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was saying you don't see too many red eighty sixes. I, I like that Jackie's is red.
1: But. Yeah, the red panda look. I like it too. It's a good look.
0: Yeah, it's very cool. But. I, well, we're I, about into we're into this thing for about forty five minutes. Uh, we should probably focus on Speed Academy a little bit more. But uh, any anybody else you want to plug? Uh, any any upcoming projects, uh, stuff like that?
1: Yeah, what do we got going on? Um, well, let's see. The the Celica or Celica is going to go down to. Street Bandito. I don't know if you've ever heard of Street Bandito. They run a YouTube channel out of the Baltimore, Maryland area. Uh, they built that all carbon bodied 240Z. So like the oh, S30 that, chassis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Such a cool build. And uh, Tim, who's the carbon guy there, is a really nice guy. His brother Greg has like that green 350Z drift car. Anyway, their family owns and operates a, a large body shop in Baltimore. I think okay. they're called Baltimore Auto Body or something like that. And uh, anyway, I was chatting with them about you know, I how the the Celica needs a paint job and all that, and he's like, "Well, we'll do it." So, um, I'm gonna tow it down to them once this whole COVID thing blows over, and uh, they'll paint it paint it for us down there, and you know, we'll do some uh, some cool stuff, some collaborations with them while we're down there. Maybe take the two the Carbon 240Z to the track or something, or get them right. to tow it up here so we can try it at TMP. So. That's uh an ongoing uh project that we hope to get to sooner than later, and we have a bunch of cool new projects actually that we're going to be do- working on this summer with um cars that I cannot tell you about because I don't want to spoil the surprise, but <laughs> okay, let's cool. just say Thanks. we're we're uh we're building our j d m dream cars it, it, we're calling it like j d m legends we're doing a whole series of j d m cars uh cool. we've got we've got four of them that we have planned to build this year, and uh they are like 90s 2000s jdm legend vehicle so you could probably narrow it down pretty easily yourself but i uh i am sworn to secrecy on the the exact specifics but they're going to be pretty epic they're going to be really nice builds with uh you know we're going to use all the fanboy jdm parts on them and uh, oh, nice. go abuse them at our racetrack but also keep them as like you know street street legal cars but Our kind of like long term fantasy with it is to have this fleet of JDM cars that we can then go and do like best motoring style track battles with. So we'll have like, you know, six or eight of our own cars all at the track at once. We'll put all our buddies in these cars and just go and do like a five lap sim race battle with them and and, you know, wear our green racing gloves and our our leather loafers like the Drift King does and um, shoot best motoring videos. Basically rip off all the good Japanese stuff.
0: Man, uh, a little Kaichi Tsuchiya inspiration over there. Huh? That's right.
1: I'll wear my cowboy hat like Max Arito likes to do. and
0: uh, Yeah, man, that sounds great. Bunch of bunch of cool old... Are you doing old JDM wheels too? You gotta get
1: oh, you got uh, to do... We'll do a mix of probably new and old. I mean, we do have uh, quite a few sponsors that we work with, including Ray's wheels and Anki wheels. So, you know, we'll put their stuff on some of those cars, but we'll definitely do some like period correct stuff as well.
0: That's been uh, my jam lately. I love the like the mid late mid early '90s like look and feel. Uh, and it's there's so, there's there's such cool style that came out of that time period. So,
1: man, '80s wheels too. I, I have a like a really unhealthy obsession with right now. I,
0: oh, so good! And you got the right car for it too.
1: I know, I know. I've been thinking about putting like some '80 early '80s style wheels on the Celica, but like the Celica, is, it's a '77, and it's 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 kind of in between those styles, so. It, that's my excuse for going and buying like a Mark II Supra. I love those mid '80s Supras oh, that are like a wedge of cheese. That Did you body just style. The one of the projects. No, <laughs> that isn't. But that is that is a, a a Dave project that I really want to do badly. Maybe yeah, put like cool. a a one UZ in it and put some. The only reason I want to do any of this is just to put some really cool '80 wheels on an '80s car. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: The four by one four. I I literally uh, am contemplating converting to four by one fourteen point three, just so I can play with old like old Corolla wheels and stuff yeah like, uh, man I love long all that stuff. and yep, uh yep. raised choppies and all kinds of cool things that's Hayashi, the beauty of my Celica I can yeah
1: I can do all that stuff yeah the problem uh, is that stuff is not cheap and then you know when you refurbish it you're probably into a set of wheels for three grand which which hurts a yeah, little bit but yeah if yeah, uh
0: and, and and a lot of those don't have like any any semblance of brake clearance because they're 13s or 14s that's uh,
1: right yeah, You really have to go so. up to a 15 to get any kind of brake clearance, which I went with work a keep forties on my Celica, which are like a, a modern, uh, wheel, they're brand new wheels, right. but they have that, that classic look to them. Yeah, it's a and wheel. they, even, even in that 15 inch wheel, I had to like trim the back of the studs that hold the center of the wheel, uh, to the, to the barrel because the studs were protruding just enough that they were contacting the caliper. So I had yeah. to like clearance that stud a little bit to make them fit. Every little has, bit counts, right? Man, it's a game of inches, or at least that's what my wife tells me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of the of the old uh, the old wheel, I, but 15s is about as small as I can go. I I got a set of work NR fours, and I, and they have good brake clearance in them. Uh, it's like a real real uh, lot lot of lot of brake clearance on the spokes, the spoke design, and then a similar spoke design with the Advan Super s a r threes or whatever the three yeah the three
1: spoke ones you like those
0: Uh, so i love them man there's just something about that stupid wheel
1: (laughs) (laughs) aren't they the most they're like the most polarizing wheel design ever i think people either love that wheel or they just hate it so much they want to burn it with fire it's a weird reaction people have to those wheels
0: it's like the only three spoke i like like i i hate three spokes except for that advan wheel like there's something Mm -hmm. and it's got a ton of brake clearance like it does a lot so yeah, it's yeah, it's so that's a weird be the wheel. Next wheel I have. It, uh, it's, uh, I gotta, I got I was gonna refurbish them, and we were looking into making them wider because they're like seven inches. And mm-hmm. I really want like an eight or a nine. But mm-hmm. uh, this is on the I EF. To, yeah, it's going on the EF. Um, I haven't decided what color to paint them or powder coat them yet. Um, so they might just go on uh, looking old and silver for a while. So,
1: so you actually have a set of them.
0: Oh, yeah, I got a set. They're up on the rack right now. I can see them through the windshield of my truck. Oh, damn. Wow, you're really serious about this. There's not a lot of 4x100s. And when I saw there's the first set that I've ever seen that were for sale. And I was like, all right, I have to buy those. So,
1: Did you get a good deal on them or did they hurt? Uh,
0: they were, I think they were like 700 shipped. So oh, wow. It wasn't bad. No, they, that's not bad in, at all. And, and they're straight, too. They're not like super bent. So.
1: Oh, wow. You got a killer deal in that case. Yeah,
0: so I, they don't have the center covers or anything, but uh I got extended studs and wouldn't be able to run them anyway. So.
1: So your goal is to refurbish them long term, but maybe you just run them as is for now?
0: Yeah, I'm going to put a set of uh 205 Hoosiers on them and then probably run a few events and while I try to accumulate money because the the whole coronavirus COVID-19 thing has been a little bit damaging to my pocketbook, but uh, Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so y- so y- you're in the construction business, right? Yeah, but uh, people aren't buying anything, so we're just working through backlog, and we don't have, like, half of our normal deposits are, like, new sales, and we don't okay. have any new sales. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: Man, it's uh, rough out there.
0: We're getting there. I, I, uh, I, I'm i in a lot better shape than many people right now. I have the, the luxury, quote-unquote luxury, of being able to uh, still go work a little bit. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah, we're kind of in the same boat. I mean, our videos still get watched, and uh, right. We're, right. we are working from home now, but... Uh, like Pete's going to go to the shop by himself and work on stuff and I'll work it's work on stuff out of my home garage. So we'll, we'll make it work, but the videos will look a little bit different probably over the next, I don't know how long this, however long this lasts, I guess, but uh, we're able to at least keep producing stuff. So it shouldn't hurt us too badly.
0: Being able to make cars for fun doesn't sound like the worst way to, uh, to make a living. So no,
1: no, it's not the worst. Actually, I I have one more thing that I know you're going to like, and that is, uh, 80s projects. I I recently been talking with Brian at Hasport about doing oh, yeah. doing a, a build off with him where we both build uh, third gen Civics, the hatchback. Yeah. So like the the EA Flat hatchback, yeah, the flatback. Back. Exactly. Yeah. We're we're both kind of obsessed with flatbacks right now. I and love that I, chassis. I've been actively shopping for one. I found one out of Austin, Texas, and uh, it looked really good. And um, then this whole like COVID thing came down, so I just had to you know back burner that idea for now. But of course, wanting to build one of those took me down the whole like classic wheel rabbit hole as well. So I've been looking at like the old Mugen wheels and all the yeah, stuff, TF-48s you CF48s know.
0: and stuff Exactly. Like that. Yeah.
1: You want yeah. the ones with the covers, but the covers are impossible to find. And
0: mm-hmm. so, yeah,
1: I've been nerding out on all that. So maybe later this year, we'll make a trip down to Hasport and spend a week with Brian and we'll both build cars and do like a, you know, a track battle at the end to see who built the better one kind of idea. Yeah. He's, he's uh, kind of uh, like, he wants to K swap his. I want to build a B series for mine. That's sort right. of where we're, what we're thinking. Of.
0: I love the B, I love B like a B 16 swap in one of those seems like it would be perfect. Just like 160 horsepower, nothing crazy and just get that thing super light. Like that's a, such a cool chassis and uh, just like super eighties slab side straight lines. Like it's so cool. Like,
1: uh, yeah, I just love the look of them, and they're 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 really weird underneath. Like they, they have a completely different suspension design than the EFs yeah. or the EGs. That
0: yeah, solid beam rear axle, and then torsion bars up front with uh, with McPherson struts. Like they're so not they're not golden age Hondas, but they're like still golden age Hondas.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're really weird. I did a bunch of research on the whole suspension stuff, and there's not a lot of aftermarket support for them, but there there is just enough that you can you can definitely build a good one there's uh, uh,
0: MCS uh is is making small runs of coilovers for them so are they really uh, yeah our, our 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 driver development uh lead Scott Giles uh he he and and one of the guys from MCS Trevor uh A, um, they've been buddies forever and uh you couldn't buy Coney's for him anymore cuz they mm-hmm. were all gone you know yeah. stopped making making the the shock bodies years and years ago um but Trevor, uh, Trevor just started. They, they made the first batch of 10, uh, and I think most of them were sold to like SECA ITB guys and stuff right, like that. Right, right. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, there's a full, you can get a full MCS setup for that car. So.
1: Holy cow. Well, you just changed my life because I've been looking at the only options I found online were like uh, BC Racing, and I think Teen makes a setup as well.
0: Yeah, I think they do too. MCS makes some real ones though. Well, and that's the just thing. In, like, just in the last couple months. So
1: Wow, that's um, baller. I'll have to reach out there.
0: Is Lex still there? Uh, No, Lex retired. Um, Lex retired. Okay, uh, yeah, I I think he still comes in every. uh, Trevor said he still comes in like once a week, but uh, okay, yeah, reach out, reach out to uh, to MCS. Tell him uh, uh, Trevor was on the show years and years ago, a couple years ago at PRI. but yeah, tell them you heard about them from us. Maybe we can uh, maybe we can sell them some advertising. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: I will I will work the magic there if I can. Well, they, they uh, were
0: they were super awesome to deal with uh, lately. I just had a set of MCS triples or du- MCS doubles to sell and uh they refurbished them and I sold them uh sold them recently uh for the our buddy James Morgan was on the show a couple couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. we bought a project car and we sold all the expensive parts so that he could have like a free GLTC shell, basically. Awesome. Um, so yeah, MCS refurbished the shocks. We sold the shocks, made uh, uh, made a little bit of buyback money out of that setup. But MCS been awesome to deal with. I would recommend them to anybody. And some of the best some of the best shocks and, and struts you can buy for like anything nowadays.
1: Yeah, no no doubt. I, I ran Motons uh, back when they were Moton on my EG actually. And those, uh, those have done the rounds up here in Canada. Like pretty much, uh, every racer in Toronto with an EG has had my Motons on their car at some point. <laughs> and actually a, a, a good friend of mine is just about to put them on his, uh, DC two type R. So they're, they're still going strong up here. It's a great product. Yeah. And, and, and I know that And, the, and
0: it's so, like, not nobody's better than, uh, than like, if you get a set of doubles or triples, like you're not going to be able to be, get a better shock. Without spending twenty grand on something, you know? exactly. Like so, they're so yeah. good, such a they're good bang for the buck. So.
1: Amazing! I actually ran them on my RX8 as well. I ran the Club Sport setup, and uh, that completely transformed that car. It had yeah. the most grip in the corners of any car I've ever tried. That that chassis has really good suspension geometry, and with those dampers on that car, the thing was magic. It had crazy high cornering speeds. It was slow as hell in a straight line because that <laughs> that Renesis motor is a bit of a dog, but the cornering speeds that car produced were, were just awesome. I, I,
0: yeah, like a big, long Miata, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is basically a, a an NC Miata, isn't it? So right. man, yep. love, love that chassis. I need to, uh, I need to case swap one of those someday.
0: Yeah. That's a, it's a really good chassis and they cost about $8. Nowadays.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah. You, you can get them free all day long. And I, I like the look of them. I know they're a bit quirky looking, but uh, I had the whole like Master speed body kit on my car and it, it looked great. So I uh, yeah, with the
0: uh, right lips and stuff. They look awesome.
1: Yeah, exactly. Without the lips, they do look a little goofy. I agree. But throw the massive speed kit on that thing, which is now unfortunately, they don't make that kit anymore. And it's worth a million dollars. But I'm sure there's like knockoffs of it and you can uh, make it look pretty darn good. So
0: eBay is still a thing. right? It is.
1: It is still a thing. You, uh, <laughs> uh, the shipping might take two months now, but uh, it is still right. there.
2: All right, dudes, uh, my lunch right, break we, we is get, over. Uh, I'm going to send Abe back to work call, before he turns into a pumpkin. If you guys want to <laughs> keep, uh, keep recording, I'm going to drop off. But just send me your files when you're done. Well, i got to
0: yeah. go back to work, too. We should definitely record with Dave again, though. It seems like we have lots to talk about.
1: So. Yeah, man, I, I want to talk more about this uh, Kanjo Racer I'm building for Gridlife Touring Car. So let's, uh, let's do that next time.
0: This is a great idea. <laughs> I'm
1: all, I'm all for it. <laughs> all right, buddies. Uh, we're buddies. right at
0: about one hour, so I appreciate uh, the time, Dave. And uh, thanks, Dave. Yeah, great right. catching
1: up with you guys. So uh, we'll do it again soon. See, so, yeah, we'll talk soon. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot
0: and Adam Jabe, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes, and come and find us in the Pittsburgh grid live to say hello.